As we say goodbye to 2022, today we're going to highlight some of the biggest stories from the Cardinal season. We'll discuss the rumors that Chris Sale could be available and whether or not that's actually something the Cardinals should look into. And we've got some Cardinals prospect chat all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. If you like YouTube, we're there as well. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, welcome into our final episode of Locked on Cardinals for 2022. Heck of a year it was for the Redbirds, despite not winning a championship or even a playoff game for that matter. It was still a very memorable year, though, right? We had we had a lot of good things that went on. So uh, I'm not going to focus on any of the negative stuff. In a lot of ways, I, I thought the Cardinals had a very good year. So uh, this is a good time to kind of take a stroll down memory lane, highlight some of the key moments, at least in my eyes, things that stood out to me that I remembered most about this past season. Uh, the first moment. Got to be when they announced that Albert Pujols was coming back to St. Louis. I was actually, I remember this. I was at the gym when it happened, and I remember blurting out. I had, uh, had my headphones on, kind of keep to myself at the gym. I don't, I don't really talk to a lot of people. I just kind of do my business and move on with my life. But I remember blurting out, no way, when it like came across the ticker on my phone. And I and, and I meant that in a, in a like, that's awesome type of way, not so much as like, oh, no sort of way, which is how it may have came out. I was just kind of shocked. Uh, I wanted it to happen, but I, I wasn't sure if it was going to. I was actually one of the guys that uh, wanted to bring Albert home the previous season after the Angels had let him go. Alas, he heads to the Dodgers, does his thing there before completing his MLB journey in the place that he started it, and that was in St. Louis. And nobody really knew what to expect out of Albert. Like, we weren't sure what we were going to get. We didn't know how much he could play, whether his bat speed, had diminished to a point where he would just get like spot time at best in the lineup. But I think we can all agree that it it was great to see him back in a Cardinals uniform. And the other thing that made this such a special occasion was that we already knew that this was going to be Yadier Molina's final year as well. So to have the two best friends laughing, goofing off together like rookies again in the Cardinals dugout, that was really fun to watch this year. Whether they were winning or losing, you could tell Albert and Yadi were having a good time being teammates again. We still didn't know what Adam Wainwright was thinking, but we just kind of assumed that all three might ride off into the sunset together. So you had to cherish all the different moments that they had on the field together this year. So that was uh, the first big moment that stood out to me. The next one is Paul Goldschmidt winning the MVP. 
And the journey getting to that uh, was what was, you know, memorable for me. The Cardinals hadn't had an NL MVP winner since Albert did it back in 2009. So it had been 13 years since they had won one. Uh, other names who had won one. This is a great list, by the way. You're going to love this. So Joey Votto wins it in 2010. And then we'll go in order here. Uh, Ryan Braun, Buster Posey, Andrew McCutcheon, Clayton Kershaw, Bryce Harper has won it twice for two different teams. Chris Bryant. Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, and Freddie Freeman. Now, Goldie started off the year not lighting it up by any means. He hits 282, one home run, 10 RBIs in the first 20 games. Solid, nothing special, very Goldie-like numbers, things that we've gotten used to. And I remember a buddy of mine asking me what I thought of Paul Goldschmidt on the Cardinals so far. And I, I said he's been solid, but but nothing special special since he's gotten to St. Louis. Uh, he's not doing anything wrong, but he's not doing anything that that stands out to me either. And I still stand by those words because uh, that's what was happening. Okay. But man, did he go off and prove me wrong this year? Uh, he heats it up in May, hits 404, 10 home runs, 33 RBIs easily, his best month of the season. He wins the NL player of the month in May, which oddly was the only time he won the NL player of the month this year, despite getting the MVP at the end of it all. Only one time did he win player of the month. Heck, Arenado won it twice in April and August, uh, and he still finished behind Goldie in the MVP voting. But that that's because Goldie was so steady for almost the entire year, except for that first month. And then we know what happened in uh, September, October, right? Um, after Goldie's killer May, he hits 323, eight home runs, 22 RBIs in June. July, he dips a little bit, 286, five home runs, 13 RBIs. So mere mortal numbers for everybody else. But uh, in August, he fires it back up, goes to 343, nine home runs, 27 RBIs. We're talking about a triple crown. We're talking about a triple crown with Paul Goldschmidt in August. And then I I'm just going to assume either he had an injury or he just kind of ran out of gas. A little bit as he falls to 245, two home runs, 10 RBIs in September, October. He ends up appearing in 151 games, 651 plate appearances. And we know Goldie is in great shape. All right. He takes very good care of himself. But maybe coming up in 2023, we lighten up the load a little bit on him. Try to keep him uh, a little more fresh for uh, what's going to happen later on in the year, which we're, you know we're hoping is going to be another playoff push. For the Cardinals in September and October. Same thing for Arenado. Uh, I'm not saying that Arenado needs to be playing as much as he did. Uh, 148 games for Nolan. 620 plate appearances. He had an outstanding August. But then he falls flat in September and October. I know these guys want to be in the lineup every single day. Okay? And that's one of the things that we love about these guys. They want to play every day. Every at bat. They want to be out there. We want them in the lineup every day. You know, they're the two best players on the team. But if they're going to be gassed by September, what's really the point? Okay. Like, why do why do we have, you know, the gas pedal down the whole time? And then in September, we're, we're running low on fuel, on fuel, man. We're, we're on fumes with these guys. So this is where those young guys this year, like uh, Juan Yepes, uh, Nolan Gorman, they can step up and help relieve some of the wear and tear on them, not only from playing the field, but also just getting a full day off in general, you know, no DHing. Just let Goldie and Arnado have like a day where they're not having to worry about baseball in the slightest. And I mean, good luck trying to tell these guys <laughs> to, to sit on the bench and don't play. Uh, but if it means they won't be wiped out for the playoffs, I, I think it's worth it. So this season, the team didn't have the luxury of resting them, really, because they were fighting for the division championship with, with Milwaukee all the way up to September. So it's not like they had a lot of opportunities to sit them. But 
just something to think about moving into 2023. How about another moment? The emergence of Ryan Helsley in 2022. Coming into the season, it was assumed that the Cardinals would have a closer by committee approach. And personally, I don't really have an issue with anything like that. Uh, it doesn't bother me when teams want to do it this way. Um, you get the outs. That's all I care about. Okay. Who cares who gets the saves? As long as the outs are made, you get the wins in the win column. Uh, your big three of the bullpen coming into the season, you had uh, lefty Henesis Cabrera, right-hander Giovanni Gallegos, and then there was Ryan Helsley. Now omitted from last year's big three was all-star Alex Reyes, who once again got hurt and is now lo no longer employed with the Cardinals. Actually, as far as I know, nobody's picked him up yet. First month for Helsley, he's lights out, right? Six innings, no runs, one hit, 12 strikeouts, like crazy. No saves, though. The save opportunities went to Giovanni Gallegos, who had four in April. He had four in May, but he also had three blown saves in that time. In May, the shift starts to begin with Helsley going 2-0. He throws 12 in the third innings. He gives up one earned run, but he whiffs 16 and records three saves. Then in June, he goes, uh, what, one? Okay, my dog's barking all of a sudden. Then in June, uh, he goes one and one, 12 innings, two earned runs, 17 strikeouts and three saves. July goes two and 0, 11 and two thirds innings, zero earned runs, 19 strikeouts, three saves. August, he's four and 0, 11 innings, three earned runs, all on home runs, by the way. Uh, he gets 15 punchies, three saves. Then September, October, he picks up seven saves over 11 and, thir and a third innings with 15 more strikeouts. So pretty darn dominant throughout the entire time. Um, this year, 2022, he became an elite reliever for this Cardinals franchise. And uh, it's unfortunate because in one stupid moment in Pittsburgh, in a meaningless game against the Pirates, he has that goofy injury to the finger, and that leads to the meltdown in game one against the Phillies in the playoffs. So it ended real, real bad. I know that. But the team found a lights-out all-star top tier, one of the best in baseball closers and can now roll into 2023, knowing that they've got him in place right from the get-go. You know, they don't have to kind of search and see, oh, well, let's see how things play out here in spring training in the early months. No, you know who your closer is, right? You know who the, who the guy coming out of the bullpen in the ninth inning is going to be. And that's a good feeling, I would think, if you're manager Ali Marmel, you, that you, you know exactly who that guy is going to be. Now we got to figure out who all the other pieces are going to be to get to that ninth inning. All right. And the uh, final moment for 2022 that stands out to me, obviously another huge story, if not the biggest all season, is Albert's chase for 700 home runs. Now, I've talked about this in length on a couple of other shows, so there's really no need to go in depth on this again. But what an amazing story, right? To get signed, to, to struggle through the first half. Uh, we found out later on that he was thinking about retiring because he was having such a tough time hitting the ball in the first half of the season, so he was going to give it up midseason. Then to do what he did at the Home Run Derby, then he lights the world on fire in the second half. It was just a storybook type of display from number five, Albert Pujols. So there were a lot of special home run moments with Albert this year. He had the pinch hit grand slam at home against the Rockies, which was super cool. Uh, I remember Katie Wu from The Athletic. I remember her tweet still where after the home run sit, she tweets out, and Ali Marmel chooses violence. Pinch hit grand slam by Albert Pujols. That will always stick with me. I remember that. It was just perfect. Um, I saw him personally hit number 694 in Cincinnati, which was awesome. I'm glad I got to see one of the home runs 
last year leading up to 700. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, obviously hitting 699 and 700 in Los Angeles, which is wild that it ended up coming down to that, right? That uh, the only place that he played other than St. Louis in his career was in Los Angeles with the Angels and the Dodgers. And that's where he ends up hitting 699 and 700. I mean, it, it, you couldn't have written it out any better, really. But my favorite home run has to be on August 14th against the Brewers. Now, Albert had already hit 688 earlier in the game, and they're in the bottom of the eighth inning. There's two on, there's two out. Uh, game's in the balance, okay? The Cardinals are up three to two, and on the very first pitch, he mashes one into the left center field seats. It's 433 feet away, 109 miles per hour off his bat. A three-run blast gives the Cardinals a 6-2 to two lead. And then he that's the one where he made the gesture to uh, to the dugout afterwards, where he was like, game over, or whatever the heck he said. It was just a huge moment for the team against their NL Central Division rivals this past year, the Milwaukee Brewers. A great moment. It just It just stood out to me where we saw some genuine competitive emotion from Albert Pujols, who normally does, you know, he'll stand and look at a home run, right? He'll stare it down a little bit, but you never see the the arms moving or anything like that. And he showed it that time. So that, that one was really, really neat for me. But out of any of the bad stuff that we did see, especially the way things ended in 2022, you got to remember all the good stuff that happened. It was a really fun year to be a Cardinals fan, and I'm looking forward uh, to next year. Now, the Cardinals continue to look for an ace for this staff, and the name Chris Sale has begun to circle the rumor mill. We're going to talk about him next on Locked on Cardinals. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every single state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? They do. Driving under the influence of marijuana, it can slow down your response time, right? And it can change how you perceive time, how you perceive speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. There's not a lot left out there on the free agent market. When it comes to starting pitching, when it, uh, you know, we, we've kind of, we've picked at pretty much everything that's out there. I mean, you still got some guys. All right. Former Cardinal Michael Walk is out there. Zach Grinke, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer. These are the names that we're down to now. And they're still floating around, but none of them are an upgrade to what the Cardinals already have in-house. So again, we're going to have to look at trade options if you want to land an ace. And we've talked about Pablo Lopez from the Marlins. He's a guy that, Still remains a name to keep an eye on. But recently, another name popped up, and that was the name of the Boston Red Sox, Chris Sale. Okay, Chris Sale, um, been a pretty good pitcher, right? So I thought we should take a closer look at what a deal for someone like Sale would look like and whether or not it's even worth the Cardinals' time and effort to pursue it. Now, just to be upfront at BaseballTradeValues.com, he's got a trade value of minus 13. So there's really no point in going and doing anything on that website because you can give up anything and you're going to win the trade because they don't consider him to be worth all that much. But let's go back and figure out why Chris Sale might be somebody you'd want. now. 
The word was that the Red Sox may be listening to offers for him. Seven-time All-Star. He's a former World Series champion. His resume from 2012 to 2018, outstanding, right? Seven straight All-Star appearances. Top six in Cy Young voting all seven years. Although he never won one, which surprised me a little bit. I thought maybe he got one at one point, but he did not. Uh, He got MVP votes from 2015 to 2018. He was clearly one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. The White Sox dealt sale to the Red Sox on December 6th in 2016 for Yohan Mokata, uh, Michael Kopech, and two other players who never really amounted to anything. Um, I don't know if the White Sox wish they had that deal back. Uh, Moncada just has not lived up to what a lot of people thought he was going to be. And uh, Kopech has just kind of been injured a lot. So I don't I don't think the White Sox probably love that that's what they got back in that trade. But either way, it happened. So 2017, he ends up pitching for Boston. He finishes second in the Cy Young Award uh, voting to Corey Kluber of uh, Cleveland. And the Sox get bounced in the division series by the Astros that year. Yes, those same trash can banging Astros who won the World Series in 2017. Then in 2018, has another solid year. He finishes fourth in the Cy Young voting. Red Sox win the World Series over the Dodgers. The Sox do what anybody would have done. They decide, yeah, we should lock this guy up. He's pretty awesome. So they sign him to a five-year, $145 million extension ahead of the 2019 season. And that's when things started to go south. He had a really rough start to the year going 0-5, and his ERA is sitting over six. Straightens things out over the next couple of months, but then gets roughed up again in July and August. He goes on the deal with elbow inflammation, but according to the doctors, doesn't need surgery at that time, but it ends his season. He goes 6-11, and 11, ERA 4.40, 218 strikeouts and 25 starts. Then in 2020, it's announced that Sale does, in fact, need Tommy John surgery. So his whole year gets wiped out. Pandemic year, so he really didn't miss all that much, but still, he had to have surgery on that elbow. 2021, he comes back to the team in August, doesn't pitch bad, though. Nine games, 5-1, and one, ERA 3.16, punches out 52 and 42 in two-thirds innings. Good stuff, right? Then next, the next year is 2022. So last year, it's an ugly year for Chris Sale. Sustains a rib stress fracture, throwing BP at Florida Gulf Coast University. That's the college he attended, by the way. Uh, he goes on the 60-day DL, comes back in July, pitches in two whole games. And in that second game, suffers a left fifth finger fracture after being struck by a line drive, has to have surgery. And if things couldn't get worse for Chris Sale on August 6th, my birthday, Chris Sale breaks his right wrist while riding his bicycle out grabbing lunch. Ends his season, throws five and two-thirds innings. That's it. That's all he threw in 2022. A lot of goofy stuff, right? Those are those are weird injuries in 2022 now he's apparently healthy he's ready to go in 2023 but the red sox they're a shell of the team they once wore xander bogart's gone jd martinez gone nathan evaldi rich hill gone michael waka probably gone and with those players last year the team was still a disappointing 78 and 84 and finished in last place in the al east despite having the sixth highest payroll in the league so you can see why the team might listen in on offers to move their ace, Chris Sale, and his remaining three years of his deal. He's set to make $27.5 million this year and next year, and then it goes down to $20 million in 2025. He'll be 36 years old then, and then he becomes a free agent. He's thrown 48 and a third innings since 2019 and has a no-trade clause. So he'd have to approve a deal if one was made. 
Obviously, it's a risk, but is it a risk that's worth checking in on if you're the St. Louis Cardinals? I say absolutely. I say absolutely. You've got three years left of this guy, $27.5 million. I realize that that's expensive, but think about what your payroll is when it comes to the rotation going into next year. There isn't one really, right? Right? Um, do I think anything will happen with this before spring training? Doubtful. Um, the Sox are the Sox aren't punting on 2023 yet, right? They're they're not doing that yet. They still have Trevor Story, who they signed. They're trying to re-sign Rafael Devers, their star third baseman, to an extension. You don't want to just give up on the season already when you're trying to get a guy to stick around, right? Uh, they paid for Kenley Jansen. Uh, they paid for Japanese import Masataka Yoshida. But on paper, if you look at this, this team does not look like a playoff contender. So moving Chris Sale might be something they'd be interested in, but it's something that might happen later on down the line as opposed to before a spring training, you know, especially if he shows he's healthy. Because right now, if you dealt Chris Sale, if you're the Red Sox, you're dealing him when he's at his lowest point. You'd be selling low. If he has an outstanding couple of first months, Stock rises, you get more prospects, yada, yada, yada. You know how this game works. And that would fit with what the Cardinals game plan appears to be moving forward. I believe right now the Cardinals are content with what they've got. I don't I don't expect any drastic moves right now unless some kind of trade comes out of nowhere where a team is like, we really want to move this guy. And then the Cardinals might jump on something. But I think they're going to wait till spring training. I think that they're done doing any major moves. They want to see how everything looks first. They they want to look at their own guys first. Perhaps an injury happens. You know that happens at spring training, right? We we have injuries all the time uh, that necessitates a move. If you wait until something like that happens, then you still have your trade pieces that you can use to fix that area, whatever it may be where you're suffering injuries from. So I, I understand what they're doing, and I know it's frustrating because looking at this Cardinals team, it's a really good team, okay? You look at it and you're like, these guys are very, very good, but it doesn't seem to be enough to beat some of those big dogs in the National League because your division looks like it's yours for the taking if you're the St. Louis Cardinals, right? I mean, nobody stands out to you as like, wow, they're going to be really good this year. You know, the Cubs have signed a couple of guys, but this is the Cardinals division to lose in 2023 right now. But to win a title, which is supposed to be what the goal is, to win that World Series championship, eventually you will have to beat the Dodgers, the Padres, the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets, who are spending gobs and gobs and gobs of money, except for the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been oddly silent this year. We we still think that they might be waiting on uh, Otani for next year to spend all their money. Sale is expensive, as I mentioned earlier, but you don't have anyone in the rotation on the payroll pass this year except for Steven Matz. So somebody's got to throw the ball. Now, I've heard whispers that the team will likely approach Miles Michaelis and uh, Jordan Montgomery about extensions in uh, spring training and that's great but still where is the ace of this staff who's your number one guy and uh, you still got to find him in my opinion you still got to find that guy and maybe sale isn't worth the risk right now but eventually the cardinals are going to have to take a risk if they're going to trade for a top tier guy eventually you're just going to have to and we've seen trades go bad for the cardinals uh the one obviously that stands out to everybody is the marcelo zuna one you know you're not going to win every trade. It's it's impossible. 
The Cardinals win more of them than they lose, but that was a big one because now you've got guys like Zach Gallen and Sandy Alcantara, Cy Young Award winner, um, who are lighting it up for other teams on the mound. And now you're still kind of scrambling trying to find a number one guy. It happens. It happens. So I just know eventually they're going to have to take a risk if they're going to make a trade to get one of these guys. So we'll see when it happens. I'm betting on that it doesn't happen until inside uh, the season. Now I'm next. Cardinals minor league reporter Daniel Guerrero put together some intriguing stats from Cardinals minor leaguers that include stats about Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn. We're going to talk about them next on Locked on Cardinals. Daniel Guerrero is a Cardinals minor league reporter for STLToday.com and STLPinchHits.com. You can follow him on Twitter at TheDanGuerrero. I've reached out to him about coming onto the podcast, and uh, he said he would. So that's cool. 2023, we hope to to get Mr. Guerrero on the podcast, and uh, we'll, we'll talk some minor league stuff with him. But he did a write-up this week about some intriguing stats from Cardinals minor leaguers this past year, and I just wanted to share a couple of them with you. I encourage you to go read the actual article itself. You can do that at stltoday.com. Uh, the first number he throws up there is 100, what happens to be the number of runs scored by outfielder. Jordan Walker. Uh, that broke the Springfield franchise mark set in 1998. It led the Texas League. Walker was one of 18 players in the minors to accumulate 100 runs or more and was the only Cardinals prospect to reach triple digits in runs. The more and more we hear about him, if he has a good spring, I think Jordan Walker is going to make this Cardinals club. I think he is. I don't think they feel like there's a reason to keep him down there in Memphis just to get swings in at that level i think if he ends up lighting it up in spring training you can see jordan walker wearing a cardinals jersey on opening day 31.3 outfielder moises gomez's line drive percentage on balls put in play now gomez is the cardinals co minor league player of the year alongside jordan walker remember 39 home runs in the minor leagues this year we don't talk a lot about him yet because we don't know what they're going to do with him he's on the 40-man roster but we don't know if he's somebody they're thinking about adding to the actual opening day roster or they're just going to stick him at memphis and see if the 39 home runs was legitimate but when you see that stat that's the line drive percentage on balls put in play 31.3 that's pretty good that was tied for the highest line drive rate of any minor league player who had a minimum of 300 plate appearances so he hits the ball hard when he hits it. He will strike out a lot. You know that's going to happen, but when he puts it in play, he stings it. 36, the number of shortstop Mason wins doubles this past year. He spent time in Springfield in class high A Peoria, led all Cardinals minor leaguers in doubles and tied with four other players for the fifth most in the minors. Also hit a career high 12 home runs. He stole 43 bases, had eight triples, which was the most by a Cardinals minor leaguer as well. You know about Mason Wynn. We had to talk a lot about him because we didn't know if the Cardinals were going to trade him. And obviously, they didn't want to. And they didn't make any trades for anybody this offseason of significance. So um, they like Mason Wynn. He, they want him to be the shortstop of the future for the Cardinals. All three of these players, though, will certainly have an impact on the Cardinals in spring training, which is happening in a couple of months. I know we think that it's really far away, but it's not. Um, and another reason, and remember this too, uh, these guys are going to get a lot of at-bats during spring training because so many of the Cardinals players are participating in the World Baseball Classic. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, they're on Team USA. Tommy Edmond is going to play for Korea. Uh, Lars Newbar, I think, is playing for Japan. 
Uh, then you got guys like Giovanni Gallegos with Mexico, Tyler O'Neill with Canada, Wilson Contreras with Venezuela. All of those guys are candidates to be added to their respective countries. So there's going to be some open spots in spring training while these guys are off playing in the World Baseball Classic where these young guys are going to get a really nice, long, hard look by the you know the coaches of the St. Louis Cardinals staff, not the minor league guys, but on the major league roster. So they're going to get a chance to show whether or not they belong or not. And I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see these guys in action. Pitchers and catchers report February 12th. Mark it on your calendars. All right, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. Now make Locked on Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world, and he does it in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. I want to wish all of you guys a very happy new year. I hope you enjoy your new year celebrations tonight and be safe out there. Be smart. Use your head when it comes to driving. If you're out partying, you're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. <laughs> 